What's happening? This is the Tap In Podcast. We are live inside of the Tap In Studio. We got a good one today, boy. If 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 you are listening and you are watching, you need to pull out your pen and pad because we 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 finna get deep into some some. I don't know what we finna get deep in. I really don't. But you, if you need to take notes, okay, take some goddamn notes. But before we got some church announcements, okay, the hoodies. The hoodies are available at tapinpodcast.com, okay? They are available now on the website, okay? If um and if you want to get the discount code, the the number is in the description. It's actually 214-466-8377. 214-466-8377 to get the discount code. Yes. Now, today's show I got yeah, turn off all your phones. <laughs> That's when you know you're busy when you got all the goddamn phones. Miss Benicia, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Put put the mic just so I want people to be able to hear you. Can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah. So what's going on, Miss Benicia? Everything is good. Life is good. So I got word of you um, by way of Philip, right? Yeah. Philip was like, "Yo, you need to have Benicia on the show." I was like, oh, okay, what's she do? He was like, yo, she's a real estate developer. And I was like, a developer? Like, she build, like, buildings and shit? He was like, yes. He was like, you know how some people really be talking like they just be, like, they doing big shit? He was like, no, Benicia's doing big shit. And I was like, really? And I said, yeah, let, let me, I need to talk to her. So I, you, when we talked on the phone briefly, you told me that you bought 100 houses and sold them all? Is that, is that? Um, no. Okay. Well, t- remind me then. Okay. So I started off as an investor. Okay. In real estate. Um, I started about 2006, 2007. Okay. And I was just a regular investor buying and holding properties. And around 2015, I came to Texas, got to Dallas, and decided to get a real estate license. Mm, so okay. when I got a real estate license, I was able to serve people. Mm. And so I sold over 200 houses on my first year of being in the business. So that's where the hundreds come in. Oh, uh, okay. Um, once I start building my, my funds up, because when you're selling that many houses, obviously you're making a lot of money off commission. Right. Um, my, by my second year, I was about 350 homes, and then it went up from there. About 400 homes is where I'm really sitting at, um, 400 plus, to serve people. That's mm. transactions. Okay. Be it that I'm able to use the funds from my profit i decided that i paid off my mom's house you know bought my dad a car did a couple things for my family paid off my house all that stuff student loans sent my kids put some money for my kids for college and i decided to do something that outlives me so outliving me is something that's going to be here when i'm gone many many years so i decided to start building homes so i took the profit my money and i put it towards putting some roots down in the in the concrete Mm. And establishing my legacy that way for my family. Yeah. So I had over a million dollars cash that I took and put towards projects that I did all over Dallas County. Really? Mm-hmm. How many how many projects did you uh did that, that million dollars get you? Twenty. Twenty? Mm-hmm. Dang. And it's all over Dallas. All over Dallas County. And those are those the ones that you were telling me that you already sold all twenty Everything of them? Sold. Jesus Christ. So what's the, what kind of I don't want to get into your person. I was going to ask you what kind of what kind of if you put up if you buy a million dollars worth of real estate, what kind of ROI is that? 
like um my last transaction i just did i made over i put in about 200 and i took home about five and seven seven and six so probably about seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars jesus christ <laughs> jesus <laughs> christ and this i mean let's, let's, let's start from the beginning so what you you from california right i am originally okay how did you even even look into start even doing uh real estate like what what, what attracted you to real estate you know what I'm not really sure what truly attracted me to real estate. Uh It was just within me. It was some type of passionate connection. Uh, When I was little, my mom used to take me. I lived in South Central. Okay. I'm from West Coast. Neighborhood. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah. And um, I think my mom just tried to keep me out of trouble. So she, on the weekend, she would take me and my little sister to model homes. And we weren't buying anything. Mm. You know, I knew she wasn't moving. And she knew more than me that she wasn't moving. Mm-hmm. But she just liked to go and look. And I had developed an interest of when I walk into someone's house, that threshold you cross, which is your door. Yeah. What's behind the threshold? It was always interesting to me because going into a model home, you see the door, you open it up. And it could be yellow. It could be bright orange. It could be beige. It could be country furniture it could be modern it could be contemporary you just don't know what's behind yeah, the door yeah so i think that what became a passion for me to say what's behind that door and as i became an adult i still had that connection of when i'm driving past a home i wonder what's behind that door and then becoming a realtor now i'm opening the door for people but on my inside i'm like what's behind that door yeah, so yeah. it's truly a passion inside of me and as i speak to other realtors that i meet we all have the same similar background and connection either their parents used to take them to model homes or they're always intrigued on what's on the inside or they had a passion for design or something like that so i think that's where it all stems from oh okay yeah. do you remember your first investment I do remember my first investment. What was that? It was uh, in the state of Virginia. It was in So, okay, how did you even get to Virginia? So, I ended up um, going to college in Washington, D.C. Okay. George Washington University. I also went to George Mason University, and I have a law degree from the University of Maryland, College Park. So, I have a bachelor's degree, two master's, and a law degree. Mm, so okay. D.C., was not just work for me it was also education i did um have a full-time job while i was working there and i came to texas from washington dc so and okay so when you went when you okay because I, I want i want to take this slow okay because <laughs> i want to take this slow so when you was in dc and you was in school that whatever however you got the funds for your first place yeah. how much do you remember how much it was the first investment I made was $375,000. Where you get, are you borrowing this money? You doing hard money loans? When I, when I was 15 years old, I was discovered by The Gap, the clothing company. And I modeled for them for many years, including other companies that I modeled for. So I was already making money before I was 18 years old. Mm. And I did a Coca-Cola commercial. Um, and that paid me for like 24 years. I got residual income from Coca-Cola. 
What? So I was already, I had a little bit of paper. Yeah. Like, I didn't come into this yeah. with no money. You know what I'm okay. saying? So okay. I'm not the person you should talk to to say I had nothing and then I became something. Like I had a little bit of fun yeah. in my life, but. So you was modeling for Coca-Cola. What, what commercial? Was it the one with Tyrese? No. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that one, but it, was, it, wasn't, a good, it wasn't a bad one. Okay. It was similar. So you, you started off modeling yes. for Coca-Cola and Gap, and that's how you was able to get your funds. Yeah, I modeled for the Gap for a long time, and then I started doing like FUBU and Mecca, Miyoshi. It was around that time frame. Yeah, okay. All those little... Um, clothing lines and I did Champs and Leather Mode and a bunch of different companies who who knows uh, okay. and then I got into um, television so I worked for BET for a while and um, obviously my my agent she just plugged me with everything yeah she put me in a um, singing group because I can sing a little bit <laughs> what? and so I did everything I what? did everything in the, if you're in LA you have to be in yes. if you're either in the entertainment business or yes. you know somebody that's in it yeah, or yeah. someone who's aspiring to be in it it's right. just, a, it's just a, a way of life there right 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 so you know and so you took that money right and then you what what made you because me. As a first-time investor, right, I would be fucking scared as shit to put up $300,000 on my first investment when I I don't know nothing about investment or I don't know, you know, what's the steps or what I need to do. So walk me through that. So how did you even get to, okay, let me buy this $300,000 house? Yeah, so as long as you have good credit mm -hmm. and you have income, it equals home ownership. You just have to go for it. Was it like a fixer upper or was you just. No, it was a regular house. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it you was... just bought it and, and then sold it or. Yeah. So any time I moved, because the type of job I had, we were always moving. And um, over two years I had to move. And so anytime I moved, I purchased a home. So I ended up with one in Chicago. I had one couple in Virginia, California. And then I just ended up having properties all over the United States. Mm, that you were just flipping or you were staying in those, living in those? I would rent them out. Really? Yeah, they were nice houses. They yeah. weren't like fixer-uppers or something that I had to go in there and renovate. Uh, I lived in it. Oh, when my okay. time was over in that location, I just kept it and rented it out. And because I had the income to hold multiple properties and I had good credit, I was able to buy another one. Oh, uh, okay. And the income was coming through the modeling. Um, the income started with the modeling. But okay. obviously I... Ended up taking a job and and having six figure plus income to support my lifestyle. Okay, so. okay. Now, what made you decide to to go into I guess the developer side? So going back to when I was a real estate agent and I said I'm going to do something that outlives me because obviously you're making money and you can't die with it. Right. It doesn't make any sense to not put it towards something that's gonna create some type of legacy and wealth building platform for your family i have two kids okay so because of that that's when i said i'm gonna go into real estate developing and it was easy i don't know how it came into my head and i pray a lot i'm a praying person so i always ask god for guidance and and getting involved in real estate when i got my license in 2015 i asked god to direct me because i'm working in this six-figure job i'm making good money i'm young I can do whatever I want, right? Mm -hmm. But I wasn't sure if that was the place that I was supposed to be in. Because when you have education and you're working in a corporate job and you're already leading people, 
the managerial staff are always coming to you like, oh, good job, or I, w- I want you to go over here and get this job. It's kind of like some backdoor stuff. With yeah. People. It's the who you know yeah. clap syndrome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they're always telling me, go put in for this job and yeah, you're going to get it basically <laughs> yeah, without saying yeah. it. And so yeah. I always put in for, I followed everything that people told me who were older than me and higher than me. Mm. And I started rising in my position, but at the end of the day, I'm like, is this where I'm supposed to be? Mm, for okay. myself so yeah. I, I went back and I started praying and asking God for guidance and asking God for direction and saying God is this what I'm really supposed to do and after eight months of praying God spoke to me he said get a real estate license and I'm thinking real estate I never thought about getting a license are you sure but I never questioned it in my insides I was like are you are you saying real estate yeah. <laughs> and then get a license yeah and he said, he obviously said yes. He didn't say anything. I didn't hear him say anything back, so I just decided to go with whatever he said. So he <laughs> yeah, told me to get yeah, a real estate yeah. license. <laughs> I never made this up in my head. I never thought about real estate. So at the end of the day, when I got my license, the door it's like this roof just came off. Really? I listened to what God told me to do. And we were we I spoke he spoke to me as if I'm talking to you. Except he didn't talk back. He just said one word, real estate, and then that was it. Can you talk to God for me? Can you do? I'm gonna try to. I can try. He talks to me all the time. Because I'm just saying, like, if he talked to you that clear, it was it, clear, man. It was clear. Yeah, because I need some. I need some guidance. <laughs> I need. I need some guidance. And so, after your, I guess, I mean, from your first all the way to your. You said 400 homes that you did in two years. This in four years. In four years. Yes. Dang, that is like. So if somebody wanted to, I know you have a different path than most people because most people when they try to get started in real estate is they don't really don't have a lot of money. Yeah. They they trying to, what would be your best advice for somebody that's trying to get into the real estate and trying to, you know, do what you're doing? From what spectrum? Real estate sales or real estate developing? Developing. Because I, I seen this, I forget the ding, the guy's name. I think his name is Brandon Rule. He's out of, uh, I think it's Chicago, where he was saying there's not a lot of black developers. Mm-hmm. One, because um, the banks for developing, they're like $20 million development deals, and they, they want you to have a guarantee, and mostly black people don't have the funds to guarantee or the collateral to put up right. so you don't see a lot of black developers. And so... That when I when I said when I heard that story, I was like, dang, I want to know, like, how did a black woman, you know, what I mean, be able to to get into that market where she's now a developer? You do like commercial or just residential, residential, residential. So that's what I want to know. Like, how do you get how does somebody even get started? Well, I use cash. And if you don't have the cash, you have to use credit. So you have to have your credit in order. Um, if you have a business, you have to have a business line of credit. Okay. Your business has to be pros- prosperous before they will give you a line of credit. So you have to be able to in- ma- have some separate type of income generating source. Mm, okay. So because I did it as an individual with an LLC, then I was able to use my own money out of my own pocket. Is that a risk? Yes. A lot of people don't want to do that. But I looked at the pros and cons. I'm in the real estate business. I have a license. I sell to people. I know what they want. I know what they don't want. And I know what they love. So I was able to leverage my knowledge 
and say, okay, this is a particular area that I want to build in. And the reason why is because I know I can make a profit. Mm. 99.9% guaranteed. And I yeah. did. Yeah. So I utilized my, 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 my knowledge and my abilities. A lot of people don't have that because they have to depend on a real estate agent to help them find the land, the location. They have to depend on the realtor to run the comps to tell me what the value of this property will sell for. Right. Am I paying too much for the land? So I eliminated all of that, and I became the end-all, be-all, so I trusted in myself and was able to be successful. Hmm. Okay. Is is the market about to take a crash? Do you do you feel no. like it's about to take a crash? What market? Dallas market or the whole market? I mean, the whole market in in general. Um, I think there are some markets that are going to suffer in the nation. However, mm. Dallas is outside of that spectrum. Um, there is a um, group of people who fell into losing their homes during COVID, losing their jobs, losing their jobs first, which impacts their um, financial status so they can't pay for their home so there will be some people who may suffer but I don't think that's even close to the majority it's very minute we mm. have a good platform here in Dallas we have a lot of resources and when I say resources that means jobs so when where you have jobs and you have businesses then you don't suffer as much the Just market, like, yeah. yeah because we have too many things that are more positive here than negative in Dallas so got you okay and when you buying, when you buying the twenty homes, right? Mm -hmm. Are you buying them all at the same time, or is it one at a time? No, I stacked them. I stacked them, and I didn't buy homes. I bought land. Huh. Okay. So, I, so what I do is I don't flip houses. There's no money in that, as far as I'm concerned. The margins are were more slim in flipping. So that flipping means that I'm going to buy something that already exists. And then I'm going to either go in there and renovate it or it may be a complete teardown. And I just bought that particular location for the land, right? Mm -hmm. I want to buy the land, raw land. I develop that land, meaning that I prepare the land for the home to be built on it, mm -hmm. which means that I install, possibly have to install the sewage, possibly have to install the water, the plumbing and all that stuff. And then I lay down a foundation on that land and then I frame it and put up a whole house and it's cost effective for me to do that versus to buy something that already exists because at this point the market is up we're in a seller's market here in the dallas metroplex mm -hmm. so that means that if i purchased something a couple of years ago that would have been ninety thousand maybe a hundred and thirty thousand and then now what used to be 130 last year is now 160 150 140 for a teardown Mm. Or something that needs work, and yeah. then I can't sell it for more than one ninety nine two hundred in the pr those same particular neighborhoods. There's not enough profit margin in there. I don't know how they upkept that house. I don't know if they dumped any anything in the sinks and the drains. I don't so know if you the pipes. just start yeah. from the yeah. I don't know mm. what happened prior to me getting there. Those are eighty year old houses. To mm. me, that doesn't make any sense for me to start putting band aids over. That's where you see the workmanship not making sense because you go into these homes and the walls are wavy because they didn't want to take down the sheetrock or the floors are all over the place because it sits on pier and beam because it's an older home versus a newer home which has slab mm. so because of that to me when i resell it i need to resell my name and my yeah and i'm not going to put my name on something that's just halfway done so for me tearing down i mean buying land is where the money is. Where where in Dallas can you buy like just bare land at? Where all will you over the place? 
Like Raw what? land is everywhere. Yeah. Like, I mean, because mostly places that I see is land is like out in the boondocks. Mm-mm. Like, you have to buy, like, like we're in Arlington right now, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you have to move, like, to Waxahachie or you have to, they have plenty of land out there, but no. nowhere else. There's land all over Arlington, Texas. There's land all over South Dallas, all over Oak Cliff. You have these. Exi- I don't know how this even came about. I'm from LA. We ain't never had no land. Exactly. Like, Everything is taken. <laughs> exactly. In order to get some dirt, you got to go to Valencia somewhere, yes. past somebody's yes. far, far away. Yes. Over here, it's like you have existing neighborhoods that's been in existence since the 60s, and then you have one piece of land that's in the middle of all these random houses that no one has ever built on. And then one day, maybe they paid like $2,000 for this lot back mm, in the day. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, they put it up for sale. And it sells for twenty five, dollars $30,000, $50,000. So when you look, in for, when you look into to invest, right, mm-hmm. um, are you looking where it's just bare, it's nothing? Or are you looking where it's something where it's tore down, where you can just knock it down and start from scratch? I'd prefer raw land, meaning there's nothing on it. It's just dirt and trees. Mm. I'd prefer that versus going in and trying to – I've never tore down anything. Not that I wouldn't do it, but I just haven't had to. Because I was talking to – we had uh, the councilwoman on here not too long ago, and she was telling us it's some projects that's in Fort Worth that – They've already kicked everybody out and moved it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just was over there yesterday. Really? Mm-hmm. And I was telling her, I was like, "What did y'all? What, what y'all gonna do with that?" Like, and she was like, "That's a federal. It's it's bought up by the feds. Yeah. Not it's not a, a city thing." And I was like, "Hmm." And then she said that that part is fed, but it's another part that's in uh like downtown. I think she said Butler Homes, mm-hmm. downtown Fort Worth, that is. They doing some zoning or something, and then they're gonna sell it. And I was like, I wonder how can how can somebody be able to pitch that land? Have you have you went through that process where you? I've never pitched to the city, but you can. I know people who do. Mm-hmm. And I guess the, I'm get, I'm guessing because it's the ones that she because her district it was in uh, closer to downtown. So I'm guessing over there they want more like high rises and and stuff like that. The one she's talking about, I remember seeing it when it was occupied. Mm-hmm. And now it's, it's boarded up. It's next to a park. Yes. I can't see how, I mean, it could become an apartment complex or something like that. It depends on how it's zoned. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, I wouldn't, I can't see high rises going there. It's in the middle of. Yeah, the the one. Yeah, though, yeah, yeah, yeah. The one, the one over there, the, the one that's boarded up. That's mm-hmm. the one where she was saying that's the one that's owned by. It's the a federal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's another one that's downtown. It's like literally when you get off of what's that thirty five in in Fort Worth. Mm-hmm. When you get off on thirty five in um, shit, it's right by Convention Center. Mm-hmm. Right over there, there's some projects over there. And she said that's the part that's going to be sold to whoever. And, yeah, whoever. And those probably going to be high rises because they're so close to downtown. Mm-hmm. But I was like, how much can you buy some projects for? Like, how much can you? It depends. And I'm just thinking that's that's probably like, that could be a good little flip, though. It's 
some of these things are not for sale. It's not public. Yeah. Because you see it boarded doesn't mean that it's available for you and me to purchase. This yeah. is a city-owned property, and they have a plan for it. You know, we don't know what that plan is, but yeah. they have to be able to release that. And then sometimes you can go into the city if you have connections and have conversations with the right people. And Yeah. And move properties so what's your, what's your strategy when you're looking for land is you just driving around you just happen to be out with your girls one day and you see some land or, or what's your strategy are you going to the mls i'm always in the mls i live in the mls yeah. i don't sleep <laughs> yeah. so number one i live in the mls and then secondly i have different people that i know through my business through being able to connect with multiple people mm-hmm. that i can say hey do you have anything that's not on the mls so they call it off-market properties so you can also acquire properties that are not on the market by knowing the right people. Um, and then from there, if I'm just driving down the neighborhood and I see something, I may back up and take a look at it. Even if it's not for sale, mm. I can always get into the system and find who the owner is, doing a little bit of research and then ask if they're interested. I have not bought anything that way as far as like just seeing a vacant land and saying, let me research, research the seller. Yeah. But a lot of my properties are either through MLS or off market. Mm, okay. By knowing someone. Okay. Now, would you would you start doing commercial, or there's no really no money in commercial? No, there's money in commercial, but I, because of COVID, I'm not touching that right now. Really? No. Because all the businesses are closed. No, I wouldn't say they're closed. It's just that it's just not something that I want to get into right now. As far as far as like maybe strip malls. I don't know if they're closing because they could be producing online. I don't know what they're doing behind the closed yeah, doors. Yeah. But I know that there was an impact for businesses who have a brick and mortar. Yeah. You know, during COVID. And we don't know where that's going to go. Yeah. And then also, one thing that you said on the phone that, that I was, like, really interested. I said, oh, I got to make sure I talk to her about that. The, um, the buy the block, buy back the block. Mm-hmm. And you said that you were you were going to do something with Nipsey before he passed. Mm-hmm. What, what were you guys going to do? Yeah, so he came down to Dallas in like February of the year he passed. And then he passed in March. Yeah. So we were trying to get something started as far as the buying the block movement. and In Dallas or in L.A.? In Dallas. Mm. Yeah. Dang. And y- y- y'all were just coming to talk or y'all just... Just coming to collaborate. Yeah. His people called me and said, show up. He's in town. I showed up. I brought my little daughter. She's nine. She was nine at the time. Well, eight at the time, I think. And she'll be ten this year. But she, you know, she was there. She witnessed everything. I always take her with me so she could see. Yeah. What I'm doing in that entrepreneurial spirit. Yeah. And so she. So what was the conversation? What what was it? Just like yeah, we want to do something. Or what was that conversation like? Yeah, it was definitely we want to do something. We exchanged information, and then from there, you know. Waiting to hear back, and the rest was legacy, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Damn it. Do you know um his partner David Gross? I don't know him per- personally, but I know who he is. Yeah, I wanna. I like. I wanna just tap in with him. Yeah. Yeah, just cause I know he does um the own your own mm-hmm. thing, and I just wanna. I just wanna pick his brain and see, cause I know him and Nipsey was doing like different commercials and campaigns. Yeah. Have you been to Vector 90? I haven't. I want to go to Vector 90. I want to go over there. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I haven't. Um, I just I just want to tap in with Dave just just to see, like, what his plans are, what what's what's going on. 
I want to know what they're doing with that building, um, to, with the with the Marathon Store building. Yeah. Would you purchase that? Mm-mm. You wouldn't? Nah. Why? I, I purchased Maverick Flats before I purchased that. <laughs> Why? Because I just I just wouldn't I wouldn't have an interest in a strip mall. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have any interest in anything that's brick and mortar strip mall type thing. You don't want to do nothing. Nothing. Not right now. Nope. See, I would, cause I would want to just keep it, like, in the city or just keep it where the people can steal. You know what I mean? But I would. What I would do is see what Black Sam want to do. You know what I mean? I would try to tap in with him and just see, like, yo, man, like. What you want to do? I, I think they own that, don't they? I think I don't know if they own all of it, but I heard that they purchased that location and that they were trying to purchase multiple stores in there. I don't know if they own the whole strip. I know he owned the Fat Burgers or had some type of interest in that, which they built right next door. Yeah. So they have the Fat Burgers, you have the gas station, then you have the whole strip. Yeah. So. Goodness gracious, man. Yeah. So. I- I'm, I'm just I'm interested in in all of this, you know what I mean. But I just really want to see how, because I'm I want black people need to get more involved in real estate. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. We need to get more involved in actually doing something to to build this wealth gap. Right. And it's like I want to give some people some information on how to get started. The, like the thing about us is that. We own the South, and then we lost it. Because if you go back into the legacy and the history of a lot of black people's families, they own acreages. They right. own cities. One of my girlfriends, her grandfather owned the whole, almost Wilmington, North Carolina. And they lost it from whatever happened. I'm not sure how it gets lost. Or the oh, transition. we know what happened. Yeah, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, we know yeah, what happened. Right, right, right. <laughs> but it was gone, right? Yeah. Magically disappeared. <laughs> so we need to go back into get acquiring something, that piece, of, that piece of land, so we can continue to pass that on because that's the only, that's that's the power. Land is power. Right. You when you own land, you can do anything. Anything, yeah. Did you hear about that, uh, that city that was in... Um, Georgia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that, about purchasing that? I think that's a good thing. I mean, it's not going to pop off right now, but if we keep investing into it, it's going to become something. Yeah. But we have to keep it going. That's why you got to train your kids up, because when you're gone, somebody got to take over. Right. And keep establishing it and growing it and making it better. And that's the only way we created all this stuff. This wasn't created overnight. Exactly. None of this was created. Yeah, Somebody's yeah. great grand 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 did this. Yeah. And then it became where what we are is. today. Yeah. Would you move to Africa and, and and take your business to Africa? Yeah. Definitely. You would? Absolutely. What what part? What part would you would you take it? Because I heard an interview where Akon is building this whole city. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, that is fucking dope. Mm-hmm. Well, what, uh, go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry. I'll keep cutting y'all, but I'm excited. I'd probably take my business to Kenya. Why Kenya? People say I look Kenyan. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to my wife. That's her name. That's, that's her name. Kenya. <laughs> <laughs> to Kenya. Okay. Cause I want to go. I want to go to Ghana so bad. Like everybody want to go. to Ghana. Yeah, I heard Ghana is dope. Every part of Africa is dope. 
anytime you can connect with something that looks like you, yeah. that's where dopeness transpires. Yeah. God Ghana, damn Kenya, it. Nigeria, Tonga, so, wherever else it is. Tonga? All kind of parts. Where's Tonga at? It's an African continent. I mean, I mean, where is it? I North? Don't you don't know? Oh, okay. And I know we talked briefly. Tell me about um, how you started your company. You got it's called Bailey and it, yeah, it's the Bailey Watson Real Estate. Bailey company. Watson. Okay, how did you start that? How did you get that started? Yeah, so I was working for another real estate company, and I collaborated with another girl. Her name is Lori Bailey, mm-hmm. and I'm Venetia Watson. So okay. we decided, you know, we gonna take off. I left first, and she said, "You leaving?" I said, "Yeah." She said, "I'm coming with you." So we decided. Y'all leaving where? We were with another real estate company. Oh, okay, okay. And so. Um, I just wanted to do my own thing. I was ready to start doing my own thing. I'm already mentoring people. I'm already selling houses. I already have my traction. I didn't need any real brand to represent me. I am the brand. Mm. So, therefore, um, she came over. We sat down for about a month, and we said, what are we going to name it? What are we going to do? How are we going to run this? We came up with a plan. And about 30 days later, we launched the Bailey Watson Real Estate Group. And within the first month, we had about 10 agents come and join us. And then from there, within a year, um, less than a year, we were recognized by Black Enterprises, one of the top entrepreneurs in the United States. Mm. And they flew me down to um, San Francisco. And then I sat on a panel with with, um, Akon and Angela Yee. And it was a bunch of different people there um, representing entrepreneurship. And so um, we spent a couple days out there with Black Enterprise. And after that, we ended up growing to 12 locations around the United States and now we have a little bit more than that but within a year within 12 months we were in 12 locations really so we are uh, representing Dallas Texas we have agents in Houston Austin Corsicana Texas Atlanta Georgia we're in Los Angeles San Francisco Sacramento Colorado Virginia Louisiana. What, is the, what is the process are, are you are you guys are not the broker right are you, you guys are the brokers so I have I am working on my broker's license now, okay. which I'm complete, and um, but I'm not a broker. Okay. I don't want to be a broker. I want to practice under my current platform because that saves me money. Oh, okay. Um, because as a broker, you have to pay for a lot of insurance and a lot of things to run your business. Mm, so okay. I use a company called EXP Realty okay. in order to um, elevate my platform. So I don't save a little bit of money doing that. Okay. So what's that process of opening up? 12 different locations well opening up 12 locations basically when you have an agent that wants to come on your team uh-huh. and they represent Atlanta now we're in Atlanta I got somebody that comes on my team that represents Florida now we're in Florida oh okay so, so you got these agents that's, that's right. under the Bailey Watson flag Correct. that are in different locations Correct. oh okay mm-hmm. That's dope, man. Yeah. That's that's dope. The dopest part is getting someone who's not in your city to want to join your team. Right. That's the most. So how do you do that? How do you reach out to them? Or what's that process like? No, they reach out to me. So they just say, hey, we heard the the Bailey Watson Mm -hmm. and we want to join the team? Social media platforms. Really? Mm -hmm. And it's just that easy? That easy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm talking about God is working in your I favor like, you, like, I like crazy. about it and I asked God to guide me <laughs> Show me where I'm supposed to be He said real estate and the roof came off I'm telling you this is a true story 
this is a true story. Everything <laughs> that I do is is faith. It's a faith based business, uh-huh. right? And everything that we do is generated by the Holy Spirit. It's beyond me. Really, it's beyond me. And all you had to do was tap in. That's it. Say that again. Say that again. Say that again. Say that again. You know. Goodness gracious, man! That, that, like I've never heard somebody just be like, "Hey, man." That's how it go. I'm gonna just take my hands off and I'm gonna just let him guide yes. me. Yes. When I prayed, I said, first guide me, lead me." And then I did the whole, you know, the picture with the footprints in the sand. I lay my footprints down. I'll, you know, the what? The footprints. It's a picture that of um that circulating around the United States all all the time since we were little. Oh, okay. And it's a picture of footprints in the sand, and it's mm. called footprints. And it's oh, okay. saying that the I guess someone's walking on the beach, and there's footprints in the sand, but they're like you can see the footprints going down, but there's no one there, uh, so you know that someone's walking with you. That's oh, the whole okay, okay. premise of it. Okay. So the footprints in the sand guide me. Show me where your footprints are, and I'll put my feet in those same prints and just walk with you. And that was my prayer. And then it went to, um, okay, I don't want to drive this bus anymore because obviously I was praying for months and months and, and nothing was happening. So I said, I'm going to sit in the back of the eight-passenger van and I'm going to strap myself in that big white van that we get in. You got two seats. Church you got a row. You got a row. Yeah. You got a row. Yeah. Yeah. I went all the way to the back row mm. in my mind, and I strapped myself in the back seat. So I know that if I'm in that last row, I can't get to the driver's side. I can't. It's impossible. Yeah. So if this car is going off a cliff, I have to let God r- drive the bus. Otherwise, if I keep trying to get up there and steer the wheel, I'm asking him to leave me, but I'm not listening because I'm still trying to intervene. And from that point, when I said I'm going to strap myself in and I meant it and I believed it mm. and I envisioned it, that's when my bus started going. And if it goes off a cliff, I have to trust that if that's if I'm that's my destiny, if I'm supposed to go off a cliff and die or whatever, burn yeah. up or whatever, or if I you keep guiding me. So until you let God, when you say let him lead you, yeah. that's what that means. You yeah. have to release that wanting to get in the middle of it. How do you release that, though? How do you how do you let that go? You just do it. You have to. It's not a how do you. It's when do you. Because your calling is always going to be your calling. Right, your calling is always going to be. It's going to keep calling you until you answer. Now you could take the scenic route, or you can take the <laughs> you can take the stairs, or you can take yeah. the window. You want to jump out and get hurt a couple of times, or you want to just easily get to your destination. Letting him lead is allowing you to get to your destination. You just have to relinquish that feeling of wanting to be in control. It's hard. It is, and, and I'm and I'm thinking about it now. It's just letting go, and it's like. It's almost like you're on a high thing, and every time you let go, you're like, oh, shit. Right. You know? It's like being in the water, and if you can't swim, when it starts to get right here, you yeah, get panicky. Yeah, you get panicky. Yeah. And what if you go under, and next thing you know, you think you're going to die, but you might bobble back up if you just relax. Do you go to church a lot? No. No? I haven't been in the church in years. But really? the church is the four walls. I My mom always taught me that where you are is church. And she, my mom, my mother's from Guatemala, mm, okay. and so she grew up Lutheran. I don't even know what that is. I've never been in the Lutheran church in the United States, and you know, she always taught me different um, religions. 
So I went to Christian school, I went to Catholic school, I went to all these different kind of cultures and stuff like that. So she taught me, but she never made me go to church Monday through Friday, no weekends off. Mm. I never had that life, mm. but we were believers. So I'm a spiritual person, but I'm not in, I'm not, I don't have a church home. Do you practice like with any kind of like, not rituals, but like when you get up in the morning, like, okay, I got, I have to do some meditation or I have to do something where I'm just aligning myself or is it just all over the place? Yeah. Yeah. So if you are in a business and you want to be successful, you have to have some type of structure. Mm, okay. Period. You have to be able to wake up every day and have an idea of what you're going to do for the day. If I just start waking up and just going all over the place, my life is going to go all over the place. Yeah. So you have to have some type of structure. So, yes, I wake up in the morning. I meditate. That includes prayer. That's grounding, you know. And then I start my day from there, work out or wherever, whatever else my plans are for the day. But, yes, it's consistent. Oh, shit. So this <laughs> He trying to figure out how you gonna get this done. <laughs> yes, because I mean because listen, it sound I guess when you put it when you think about it, it sound easy to just, you know what, I'ma just walk in faith and yes. I'ma just I'm just gonna let go. But me, how controlling I am mm-hmm. And how I'd be like, you know what? I want to be a visionary. I, mm-hmm. I want to see it here and then just let it happen. Mm-hmm. Or I want to go out and make it happen. But sometimes when I be taking my little steps and then I'd be like, oh, this ain't going the way I said I wanted it to go. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, you know what? Fuck it. Let me let me just take the control. You know what I'm saying? That's how I be, That's how my mind work. That's how my mind work. Yeah. It's like. And I mean, this started off supposed to be a a, a real estate development uh, episode, but fuck it, let's go to church then. Let's go. <laughs> let's go to church. Come on, let's go. Let's go. We gonna change some lives today. Yeah, let's do it. I mean, it's bigger than it's bigger than where you want to go because everybody has their own passion and their own purpose. But in order to get to that passion, and that purpose, you got to start with you. You can't get to your next level unless you are ready to receive that next level. And if we keep putting our hand in the next level, we gonna, we may get there, but we're going to take the long route. Yeah. I don't want to take the scenic route. I like the scenery, but I don't want to take the scenic route when it comes to my success. I'm in my 40s, and I don't have to go to work anymore if I don't want to. So I, I like living like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. for real. I don't want to do this and figure this out when I'm 60 years old. Right. So. So talk, I guess, talk to me about when you first decided, you know what, I'm going to just sit in the back and put my seatbelt on. I'm going to ride it out. When you when you first do that, right, do you have any feelings of, shit, I need to get back up to the front? Or, you know what, I'm going to take the seatbelt off and move around. Mm-hmm. Talk, talk to me about that. What's it that? It took eight months for me to hear. So that's however many days it takes to get the eight months that's a long time so the first three months i was still putting my hand in the pot still trying to intervene six months still trying to intervene until i got to the 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 point where i said okay i'm not gonna step in anymore i'm tired Mm. i don't know what it is it just came over me and said i'm not gonna do this anymore i just want to be done with it and i'm gonna let god lead if i'm asking you to lead me and i keep putting my hand in the pot and keep trying to stir the the stick yeah 
then you probably going to say, well, then stir it then. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. That's like if you if if your wife keep coming over there, keep getting in the middle of it, you're going to tell her to go ahead. And then you're going to say, do what you want to do. And then eventually, it's gonna, her arm going to get tired, and then she's going to stop. And then you can come back in, this is God, and start stirring the pot the way that it's supposed to. So he's going to let you do it until you get tired. Yeah. It's usually me jumping in on my wife while she cooking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, man, let me steer. You don't know. Right. Steer. She's like, well, go ahead then. Right. Come and, on. Then I, and then I'll be like, you right. right you, you go ahead and do it. You, <laughs> you know what it is. <laughs> no, go ahead, man. You got it. You got right. You messed up the meal. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, man. I'm working. I'm, wor- I'm working on getting there. It's you know deep. what I mean? It's deep. It's deeper than what we think. Yeah. You know, like you said, the process is what we can't see. I can see this wall, but I cannot see on the other side. I've never been in this building. I don't know what's on the other side of this wall. You do. You've been here before. Yeah. However, that's what believing in faith is. I don't know what's on the other side, but I believe on the other side, if I go over there, I'm not going to fall. That's not the end of the building. In mm, my head. Yeah. And if it is, I know that God's going to protect me. He's going to catch me. Yeah. And if I fall, I'm not going to die. I may get hurt. Yeah. But that's what belief is. You have to. It starts up here. Do you believe like in manifestation? I'm or a, do you, I'm a master manifest manifester. Really? Master. I'm a master. Really? Master. I can believe something. I can think about it, and then I will be there. So, what's the difference then in manifestation and you letting God direct you? What's the difference? I think it's tied in together because if I believe that I'm going to be here today. I may have saw it in passing, and I say, you know what, I'm, I want to be on a show. And manifestation will, the universe will give me exactly what I want. God will give me exactly what I want. You have to see it before you see it in order to see it. That's mm. manifestation. I see myself doing something before I see myself doing something, before the actual happens. You're talking about in the physical before the physical happens, I already seen it. I manifested my relationships. I manifested the house that I live in. I just I'm about to manifest another house. I'm already engaged in my mind. The mind is a powerful thing. The most powerful weapon you have is your mind. How do you get there though? That's what I that I guess You're already that's, there. You're already there. No, I mean how do you get there in your mind? How how do other people get there in their mind to where they're just manifesting everything that they want? How do you get to that point? Okay, so we're already there. So you already... You're already in that space. You just have to tap into it. Okay, so if I say, um, give me something that you want. Give me something that you want. You want a new car, right? People always want a new car. So uh. let's just say I go to the dealership <laughs> or whatever, right? The yeah, basic, yeah, basic yeah. people want a new car. They yeah, see yeah. something they like, they want okay, it. Okay, okay. Let's we go all got to drive, car. right? Yeah. So, unless you're on the bus, right? Yeah. So, let's just say I go to the dealership and I say, um, I walk into the Rolls Royce. I'm going to use that as an example. Okay. That's my, that's my next car. Okay. So, I'm going to walk into the Rolls Royce dealership and I'm going to say, let me look around. And I'm going to look around and I'm going to say, okay, I see myself driving this Cullinan or whatever car you want. Mm-hmm. And then you take that information that you've already processed in your mind and you take it home with you. How do I get into this culinary? What do I need to do to acquire this culinary? Okay, if I ain't working, I ain't going to get in the culinary, right? <laughs> if I don't have no credit, I'm not going to get in the culinary. 
if I don't have the job that's going to produce enough money for me to qualify to make the payments for this culling or pay it off cash, I'm never going to get there. So I take it back. What do I need to do? Now that's when your passion and purpose start kicking in and you say, okay, these are the things I need to do in order to get here. Mm -hmm. And then you drive towards that. You may not get that car today. Doesn't mean it's going to happen overnight. Right. These things take work. Takes work. Right. But as, if you continue to follow the process, the doors will open up. If you, it's like a focus, like a laser focus. With trying to get where you want to be. If I say, you know what, I'm working a full time job and I really want to have a podcast because that's my passion. Yeah. That's your that's your culinary. That's your designation. That's this white pad right here. Yeah. How do I get there? And then you start focusing on how do I get there? And your mind will tell you what you need to do. And if you don't know what you need to do, you'll start engaging with people that can get you to where you need to get to. Mm. People are also vessels. Right. It's not just you by yourself. You have to be able to engage with other people that maybe had a podcast. Or maybe you hit somebody on a DM and say, hey, man, I saw you had a podcast. Can you tell me how you got started? That's your way of tapping in, too. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. It does make sense. And because I'm actually thinking about how I even started this, right? And when I think about it, it was it was it was here first mm-hmm. about, you know what? This is cuz I've started three podcasts. This is my third one, mm-hmm. right? And it was like, you know, I want to do this, but I want to do it on my own. Mm-hmm. And Every time I got scared, right, mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to give me a co-host so I can have somebody there and I can bounce ideas off of because I don't, I, don't, I don't necessarily run the responsibility of doing it all on my own. Mm-hmm. But, and then I had to just sit and just chill and be like, you know what? Nah, fuck it. Just go through whatever you need to go through to doing it by yourself and see what happens. Mm-hmm. And... My podcast started off in a cigar bar. We were doing it in the cigar lounge where it was like a room and they would just let me come in there and just set up. And I didn't have nothing but my computer and a microphone. Mm-hmm. No cameras, no nothing. Come on. And then I said, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this right now. I'm going to put it on camera. It's a building in Arlington that I want to purchase. Come on. Speak it. The building is $5 million. Mm-hmm. It's well, let me not say it's. I don't even know if it's for sale, but I know the railroad company bought it for five million dollars. Mm-hmm. I want that to be my compound where I go and have and and do my podcast, have a meeting a meeting where I have a room, a recording studio. Like I want to have all that all on the same same like little campus and have it gated off. Mm-hmm. Like a, um, you ever been to Universal uh, Pictures or mm-hmm. Universal mm-hmm. on a lot? Mm-hmm. Like I want to have it where it's like 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 that, where you come on onto the onto the campus, and this is this is my studio that I bought. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I'm I want I'm I'm putting that on camera. Put this on a vision board. Create a vision board. Put the vision board somewhere around here. Put it over there on the wall. You take a picture of what you want, put it on your vision board. Mm-hmm. Take the Universal Studios compound, put it on your vision board. Take the price, whatever the number is, 
that you want to pay. Mm. Put it on the vision board. And manifest. Every day you see this this board, it's in your head. How do I get to my next step? That's why you see people who put sticky notes on their, they say they put them all over the mirrors. Or You hear people tell all kind of stories. Yeah. I wrote down something and I put it in the envelope and saved it and mailed it back to myself. People do all kind of stuff to generate that law of attraction. Yeah. And the vision board is your law of attraction. See, I tried the vision board one time. Mm-hmm. And some of it came, some of it came true. Some of it, but I think I, after a while, that shit is just folded up in my closet now. Like it's it's somewhere. But it's okay. Yeah. You can always do another vision board. You can make a vision board every year, every six months if you want to. I have things on my vision board that are right now in existence today. That 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 was on the vision board mm-hmm. from four years ago. That are existing today, right now, 2020, came to fruition. Really? Mm-hmm. So it's not going to happen overnight. But if you continue to stay focused and tap into your passion and your purpose and your inner self, then it's going to come. Yeah. That's, I guess that's the, uh, that's why I just, I need to focus. And I always find that at night, when I'm up at night, mm-hmm. when it's quiet, mm-hmm. Is when I'm most tapped in or focused or most aligned with, and I start seeing things that I want to do, the, like vividly when it's at night and it's just quiet. Sometimes I'm just up at night, just at the house, just envisioning shit that I want to do. Mm-hmm. But then when I get up and it get quiet, my kids get up, my wife get up, and is fucking trash man and everybody outside it's just not it's, the trash <laughs> <laughs> it just get it, it get foggy then but yeah. at night when I'm just by myself yeah. it gets so freaking clear pray when it start being clear that's when you start praying and that's when your segue is going to for your ears to work it has to be quiet mm. and still you know peace be still yeah that means something Peace be still. When you're still, that's when you can see. That's when you can hear. And that's in that moment. It's telling you something already. You just haven't been able to attach what it means. When you have your quiet time to your own self, that's when you ask God, God, speak to me. Are you trying to tell me something? I know it's quiet. I want to I hear what you have to say. And then every day, God, I know you can hear me talking to you. Can you tell me where you want me to go? Whatever you want to say to him. Yeah. That's that space when you're able to engage and you can receive it. And like I said, it's not going to happen overnight. But one right. day you're going to be sitting there in your peace and you're still. And all of a sudden something's going to happen. And you're going to be like, <laughs> it's like a light bulb. Yeah. We call it a light bulb. I call it God. Mm. You know? Yeah. So, that's when you'll be able to know what your next step will be. Because I can't, I don't take a step without asking God, is that the right step? I don't take not one step. I don't care what it is. I'm not moving until he tell me it's okay. And I'll wait to listen to him because I respect him. That's my father. So I'm not going to do nothing else until he tells me. Yeah. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's a whoever whatever yeah. whatever yeah i'm not gonna move until you tell me so you have to get into that into that you know space. what's so you know what's so weird about this conversation we having on my way over here 
I was watching uh, some videos about Chad Chadwick Bozeman, yes. and I don't know. I just got I just got grateful. Mm-hmm. Like I I had I was just feeling really grateful and just like man, thank you. Like just thank you. I, I don't know I don't know where that was coming from, but I was just in the car like, dang. And even before y'all even got here, I was in here like Dante like. <laughs> Look around, like all this shit you put together in here on your own, in here on the Saturday, on the Sunday was hot in as hell in this room, and I was just in here with my little Nipsey Hustle uh, music on, just doing my own thing, and I was just like, damn, and I just really started just getting thankful, like, man, I, I just, I, and I even told Jazz, I was just like, well, I'm just, I'm just excited right now about shit that's about to happen. Mm. Stuff that's about to go on, like I'm, I'm just really getting excited. You I felt something stirring up inside of you. Yeah, you didn't know what it was. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, and I, I still don't. But it's just, and I, I, I read that, uh, or seen that movie, The Secret, mm-hmm. where it was like you have to put that energy, that yes. excitement, get excited before you actually, did actually thing happen. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Shit. Where's the collection plate around this mom? <laughs> 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 God damn. I'll run you my price later. Oh, okay. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Man, Benicia, this has been awesome. I didn't I didn't know this was gonna turn into this. But hey, this is this is this is what this is what the epitome of tapping in is that's what's happening yeah this is the epitome of that so i'm i'm grateful i'm grateful tell tell people if um somebody see this in another state they're a real estate agent they want to join bailey and watson how do they get a hold of you so i am at instagram at Benicia b as in boy e-n-a-i-s-h-a underscore 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 okay Benicia. Um, Bailey and Watson, thank you, man. You're welcome. Thank you for this. You got you got just a, such a serene just being about you. I don't know, like you're so calm. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know why that's weird for me, but you just so just like that's good energy. Yeah, you just so calm though. Like I want you to turn up, like yo. Would you just like? Well, I had a little bit of brown. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> It is it's good though. I, I appreciate thank you for coming on. Appreciate you for real, thank for you real. For having me. Yeah. I hope that I helped somebody today. I know you did. If if not if not anybody watching is me. Yeah. Yeah. To just be more aligned. And I need to Yeah, I I uh, <laughs> I need I need to do a lot of shit. <laughs> I need to do a lot of shit. Alignment with your purpose. Yes, yes, I need to do a lot of stuff though. Yo, um, I appreciate you for coming on again, Benicia. Yo, this has been the Tap In Podcast. Um, all our information will be in the uh, description below. So make sure y'all follow her. Make sure y'all get a hold of her. Yo, this has been the Tap In Podcast. Holla. <laughs>